It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. saw him watching me you pretend like you moved on but you're actually just obsessed with death what are you gonna do when michael comes back for you because he is coming but this time something feels different he's more dangerous Welcome back. Oh shit, let me, let me get a little, in, a little further here. Welcome back, everyone, to the Scary Sci-Fi Sluts podcast. Um, this is a very special episode. We are live in the studio today um, at Brandon's house in Sandy, Oregon. And Brandon docks me already, can <laughs> If anybody wants to come by, what's your address again? It is. <laughs> um, yeah, we're your hosts. I'm Kai, or Kenny, whatever you want to call me. Yeah, I'm Brandon, as you guys should know me by now. This is not vodka, unfortunately. <laughs> it is Everclear. Uh, um, yeah. This is also a special episode because it's the first time in a while that we have not had a special guest. So it's just going to be classic, just the two of us. We're going to be breaking down the end of a trilogy, Halloween ends. More than just a trilogy. So this is technically, based off of this storyline, a quadrilogy because the first one is included. Um, a bunch of bullshit anyways, doesn't matter. Um, but this, this is a pretty, I feel like it's a pretty special episode for multiple reasons. Um, I, as the fans know, I've been a huge fan of Halloween, the series for a long, long time. I actually just got done marathoning all the movies, had my girlfriend watch all of them. She hasn't seen any of them before. So I'm surprised she made her way through every single one, even the piece of shit ones that you haven't seen yet. The one with Busta Rhymes and Tyra Banks. There's some really interesting movies out there. So you're telling me your girlfriend is watching for the first time ever and we couldn't get one episode done in our rewatch? Yeah. Till next year, fans. <laughs> next year. We'll try again. Yeah, we had started our, our retrospective uh, review in and reverse. reverse series last year. And we got through Halloween 2018. Um, then we did Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, Halloween 1, and then... So we actually did a live studio recording of Halloween Kills. It was our live reaction video that has never been released because the quality was not great. So if uh, eventually we get on Patreon and people want to see that, it is there. Um, we'll just have to... I'll, I'll get that edited and processed by fan request. But it's, it's there in the backlogs if someone's interested. Um, but we're here to talk about Halloween Ends today. Um, of course, this is... The last David Gordon Green, last um, Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween movie. So it is kind of a big deal. 44 years in the making. Um, but of course, Jamie Lee Curtis has played Laurie Strode for 44 years now. She's been in numerous movies, and this is her final outing as the character. And as the movie ends, it's very final for Michael Myers as well. 
However, of course, if you're a fan of slasher movies and this series specifically, you'll know in five, ten years they'll reboot it and there'll be another one. Well, we'll get into the trivia in a bit. <laughs> Is it the final for Michael? Or did yeah. he put out the stunt double and he snuck out the backpack? You haven't even seen H2O yet, so you don't even know. Oh. You haven't seen it, right? No. Does he, like, get reborn through magic? Okay, so this is a spoiler alert for a movie that came out in 1998, I believe. Um, in H2O, which shares a lot of similarities with this Laurie Strode timeline, mm-hmm. um, pretty much they say it's a sequel to Halloween 2. So 1 and 2 are in the timeline right. because Halloween, the series, has like eight different timelines. Um, so in H2O, it happens 20 years after the original. It's 1998. And it's pretty much the same Lori. She moved to California. Um, she's like a dean of some private high school. Huh. She, her son goes to the high school. She has a kid. But no one knows who she is. She like lies about who she is. Nobody knows. And then she's become this like kind of hypervigilant, um, like traumatized person. Not as like militarized as the 2018 Lori Strode. <clears throat> no. But like she still did some training and she's... She's like an alcoholic, like functioning alcoholic. And it's, it's actually a pretty good movie. Um, not as good as I remember it being, but it's um, there's a lot of interesting behind the scenes stuff with it. So it came out, I think right after Scream did. It has one of the same writers as Scream. And so they try to incorporate a lot of like the satire and like, um, it, it's like a, a horror movie that you can tell is trying to pay respect to other horror movies. It's like, oh, hey, we are you know, aware of all these other things going on in the horror genre at the time. So it's, pre- it's pretty good. But how it ends is Laurie goes and decapitates Michael Myers. So it was supposed to be like a final thing to the Michael Myers thing. But then, of course, a couple years later, the studios and Maleka Cod was like, we're just going to keep rolling out Michael Myers movies. And okay. so that's where Halloween Resurrection comes in in 2002. And they retcon it by saying, oh, actually, Michael Myers killed an EMT stole his uniform and then replaced the body. So he like put his mask on the EMT. So Laurie Strode decapitated this helpless person. Huh. And it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. So, so stupid. Part of the trivia basically says that Malika Khan has a clause prohibiting Michael Myers from ever dying. So uh, Rhett Connor <laughs> they basically well, have to keep going with these films. Yeah, well we'll talk about how that affects how that, you know, ties into this movie <laughs> yeah and well basically they're saying uh they'll have to do a different continuity timeline due to his ambiguous death it's not ambiguous no <laughs> so we'll get uh, to that deeper later yeah yeah but... that's a full spoiler it's not ambiguous <laughs> yeah um okay so yeah we're talking about halloween ends released october 14th this is everything just off our head so normally when we do this we have a lot of preparation i do a lot of research type up a plot summary but since this just came out what, two days ago? Um, we just wanted to get in and talk about it. So. We never go on IMDb, ever. <laughs> never. No, everything's up here. Um, yeah, so released October 14th, 2022. Um, this is the third and final David Gordon Green trilogy, uh, quadrilogy movie. And I don't know box office numbers right now. Um, I know it's not doing fantastic. Um, off of Wikipedia, we're, we're showing as of right now 58.4 million which isn't awful <clears throat> i mean the budget is 20 to 30 million so it's already gonna make profit regardless yeah. but i remember the 2018 halloween when it released it made like that thing killed 300 million dollars or something it yeah. made a lot of money on like a 10 million five million dollar budget yeah i mean we're still riding the the kind of tail end of covid numbers like not yeah. as many people go out as much so 
And this is on Peacock, I can say. So, yeah. Kai, he went to the theaters. I watched on Peacock. Yeah. So, there's a lot of that going on. Um, it's really hard to justify numbers at this right. point. Right. And when I went to the theaters, too, like, so I went to, I live in Portland, Oregon. Um, I went to Laurelhurst Theater, which is one of the small independent movie theaters. And the theater wasn't full. Like, I was pretty surprised. Friday night... <clears throat> It wasn't packed. When I went to the 2018 one, I went to Baghdad, and the entire place was sold out. Oh, wow. The entire room. Um, so it was interesting to see that. And I do think Peacock has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I think word of mouth has a lot to do with it. This, um, I guess we might as well get into the ratings mm. right here. Do you have those pulled up? Yeah. So basically, IMDb, we'll start with the Rotten Tomatoes. So it got a 41% uh, with a 57% audience score, which is pretty better ish that's, um, that's really low for both and IMDB is shown 5.1 so they're very similar we're sitting at about 50% of, what? so it's 5.1 for audience and then 45 for Metacritic with 38 critics oh wow um, so that's I gotta say that's pretty low for the series um, I don't know comparison let's look at Halloween Resurrections IMDB oh that's a 19 Metacritic so it's better than rated better than some of those it's yeah. like pretty standard for the Halloween movies, I'd say. Obviously, wise. Halloween, I think 2018 got the best rating. And that's, yeah. I think that's more of a nostalgia score that kind of cheated its way through that. Yeah, um, if you guys remember with our review that we did a while ago for 2018, like, I don't remember what you scored it, but I didn't, I think I gave it like a 6 out of 10. Like, I definitely like it less every time I watch yeah. it. Yeah, the story's not great, and especially having to watch those podcasters. <laughs> Uh, See, that, that was the part I did like. I felt like uh, everyone else, like, the dialogue was really stupid for a lot of characters besides Lori. And, like, the dad saying, like, I got peanut butter on my penis. Like, that's stupid Danny McBride-isms that don't belong in this movie, you know? Oh, my God. He directed it, didn't he? he, he so, he was uh, one of the writers. Okay. And so, has he continued writing? Yeah. So, we can get into some of the, the cast and crew here. So, there was four different writers on this one. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah. That, and I think... I think you can tell... So what happened with this trilogy is David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were the constant writers. But then they, for each movie, they brought in different people. And okay. you can tell they have different people because there are some things that just are so inconsistent throughout these three movies. So in this one, the other writers, uh, Paul Brad Logan and Chris Bernier. Bernier? Bernier? And, I mean, Chris Bernier, he hasn't really written much. Like, there's a couple other things that are small. Brad Logan, looks like there's two other movies he's done. Like, these guys, I don't know why they were pulled into this. Um, but, yeah, uh, how, how do you want to do this? you want to give our, like, first impressions, or you just want to jump in? Yeah, let's, like, let's do first impressions first. Okay, um, so what are your thoughts? So you finished the movie, what were you thinking? Uh, I thought that it was very creative um, and kind of going off of what I've seen online is they they definitely took big swings and they took a, an opportunity to try something new and I think mm -hmm. it, it helped. It worked. I've always been kind of an anti-fan of the, and I haven't seen them all, but like the Halloween um, storyline in itself is, it just feels very similar the whole time. Like, you know... Michael stalks Lori or whoever mm -hmm. he's stalking the whole time and it's kind of just cut and dry similar feeling the whole time and I felt like this introducing new characters and you know 
trying a new story in the third of the trilogy is a I think a really cool concept and mm-hmm. it helped it stay fresh and I was really um, focused on it. So yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, so what's really interesting is if, if you guys remember when we were doing a ho- Halloween retrospective, Brandon hasn't seen like any of the Halloween movies. So he's fresh to everything. Um, but for someone like me who's seen them all a dozen or so times, um, I recognized pretty immediately what they were doing differently with this movie. Oh. Um, so from, from the beginning, you can tell this is... David Gordon Green was trying to... Um, do what Halloween three did. Hmm. And even so far as, um, and I'll, when, when I upload this, I'll like share the image, but I saw someone on Reddit had like compared the opening title credits, the font of the original Halloween versus 2018. It's the same exact font. Halloween two, Halloween kills, same exact font. Halloween three season of the witch. And this one, same exact font, same exact color. So Halloween three, do you know anything about that one? I've like mm. mentioned it a couple times throughout the series, but it's it's basically it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. <laughs> it's a completely different story. They were planning for it to be an anthology series, so each Halloween movie every year would be a different story. Mm. But the movie did terrible at the box office, terrible with critics because people are like, "Where the fuck is Michael Myers?" <laughs> That's why we came to watch <laughs> yeah, this Halloween movie. Yeah, Halloween movie. <laughs> and over the past maybe like 15, 20 years or so, that movie's gotten better, like critics wise it's it's gotten it's like a cult classic now and that's funny it's one that's so this is my halloween season of the witch tattoo got one pretty new but i got that because that's one of my favorites huh. so um, is this the one where they get into like the witchcraft or yes yeah oh, okay. like druids and shit it's it's so hokey yeah. but it's so fun the score is fantastic it's like super like dark synth done hmm. by john carpenter and uh Ooh. i think alan howarth um yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Okay. So eventually, when we do finish up the series, you we'll we'll get to that one. Yeah. Um. But so they're definitely trying to do something similar, which I really appreciate. I know it's a lot of the there's a lot of negative reviews about this movie right now, saying like this why is Michael Myers barely in this? Like this is why we came to see this movie, hmm. and part of that is due to the marketing. They really sold this movie as Laurie versus Michael, the final showdown. Right. Every single trailer you see, you like don't see anything about Corey, who's the main character. Yeah. And it's all Michael versus Laurie. So you have to blame the marketing. But I also feel like they knew that's what they wanted to do with marketing. Because if they barely showed Michael in the trailers, people would be like, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. is this a Halloween movie? Um, so I think it was a really interesting and, and brave approach to the marketing with selling this as a Michael versus Laurie movie when really he's a side character oh yeah he's barely in this movie and it's a misstep and i think it's um not to their own fault i think originally they probably had to do the lori trilogy Mm -hmm. for money's sake that's where they make the most money is from that original storyline versus if they were to try to set up what they were doing in this movie from the first reintroduction movie and then do that over three I think we could add something really cool. Yeah. But they couldn't have sold it that way. So they, that's that's something that I do once we kind of get into the meat and bones. I do... That's my biggest problem with this trilogy as a whole. Mm-hmm. I like the overall story. I like where they went. I just think it's so jumbled. And there's bits of this movie that should have been in the first one yeah. and vice versa. Like some of the stuff makes no sense continuity-wise with how... If these are supposed to be like real established characters some of these like behaviors just do not make sense based on the timeline but if it was repositioned it would make way more sense but 
I, I do also understand like from the financial perspective, um, they had to sell Halloween 2018 a certain way to try to give it like this Force Awakens type of feel. Like mm. we're bringing the people back and... Yeah. And but then it's like we should have traded Halloween Kills for Halloween 2018 because... They were they were doing more of that in Halloween Kills. With yeah, like the with flashbacks. the legacy characters. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying is I like everything overall. If everything was laid out, all the story beats for the entire trilogy was laid out on a map. I just think they need to have someone better go and reposition the pieces. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I think that didn't happen, maybe David Gordon Green and Danny McBride had this great story that they wanted to tell. But then the additional writers came in and they didn't help. I don't know how they didn't help realize, hey, this would fit better here. Why don't we do it this way? Or the studio had the handcuffs on pretty tight. <clears throat> I don't I don't know. I feel like they had pretty free reign with this one. Hmm. Like, Maleka Cad, all he cares about is making Halloween movies. He's like, put Michael Myers in a movie, I make money, I'm fat and happy. Boom. So he's just then, like the owner or like the Yeah, he, he, he has the rights. Um, and then Blumhouse is one of the main producers of the movie. And Blumhouse, I think they they gave him pretty like open. Like, we're just going to give you the money. You do what you need to with the movie. Okay. Make us money. Um, <clears throat> all right. So let's get in. You want to get into uh, uh, actors and trivia? Yeah. So um, once again, directed by David Gordon Green, of course. And we mentioned the writers. Same, yeah. same cinematographer as the previous two movies, which I think is interesting. Has yeah. the same look, same feel. Castleus is mostly similar uh, as far as like the big three. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis coming back as Lori, of course. They didn't recast her, um, unfortunately. Uh, Andy Matichuk uh, is Allison. And James Jude Courtney, he plays The Shape. Uh, I think Will Patton is returning. Yes, Hawkins. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have Rohan uh, Campbell as Corey. I have not seen this dude ever. I haven't seen him in I anything. I guess he's pretty popular in that new show. Um what is it called? It might be... He's in the show. I want to call it The Boys, but it's not The Boys. The Hardy Boys. Hardy Boys? Almost right. That's what he's from. And the Snowpiercer TV show. It looks like Virgin River. All these like cheesy, low-budget TV shows. Big on TikTok. Yeah. That's all. Pretty much That's all pretty we need. And then yeah. side characters. Yeah. But what's interesting is um, this new character, Corey Cunningham, he is the main character of this movie. Yeah, it starts off with him. And... It doesn't end with him, but he's, yeah, the main character. And that's another thing where I feel like, timeline-wise, mm -hmm. his character should have been introduced from the first one, yeah. from 2018. If they, if they were going to tell this entire story with him, even have him as a background character where we hear something happening in the background, like mm -hmm. maybe during 2018 when all this stuff is going on, we see a news article or something about, oh, uh, teenager Corey Cunningham manslaughter for this werewolf kid or something, you know? Something like that. But yeah. I feel I feel like it was a very big misstep to just bring him into this movie and make everything centered around him, even though we've never heard of him before. I really like his character. I like everything he did with his character. But I just again mixing the pieces up. Um so now we're gonna get into some trivia, usually where we take things, and then we'll break down uh um, the plot, get into the plot summary of the movie, and then give our thoughts throughout. What do we got? So, nothing really too crazy. We already got into the, the biggest piece of trivia in that um, Homeboy has the rights and he basically is keeping Michael alive. Yeah, he's going to make movie, Halloween movies till he dies. Yeah. He will never stop producing Halloween movies. Um, I've watched some interviews with Jamie Lee Curtis and David Gordon Green, and um, something... You have you seen Christine? 
the Stephen mm. King story. I think it's Stephen King's short story that John Carpenter made into the movie in the 80s. Really, really good movie. Super underrated. It's about um, this guy, Arnie, Arnie Cunningham, exact same last name as Corey Cunningham, and you'll know why. Um, this guy, he's like a super nerd, has no friends, like super impersonal. He finds this beat up like piece of shit car and he buys it from this guy. And it turns out the car is like possessed. It has this evil spirit in it. Stephen King, you know. Um, but it's this kind of like reverse coming of age story where you see this, this kid fall in love with this car and it like fixes itself, makes itself beautiful and then starts like leeching its possession onto Arnie. And so you see him slowly start to get like infected by this evil spirit in the car and he becomes like an asshole and kills people. And for those of you who have seen Christine, when you sit down and watch Halloween Ends, you're going to be like, this is a remake of Christine. Oh, wow. This is exactly what David Gordon Green was trying to do. He remade Christine using Halloween as like the the husk, the the carrier. That's interesting. Yeah. Kind of in the same lines of like with Joker, how Todd Phillips, he made, he took the Joker name and then put it into like Martin Scorsese, like, mm. like dark messed up fucked up drama yeah and i don't think that's a bad thing um yeah i i really like christine but i i think i'm still kind of processing how i feel about this movie as a whole because i recognized immediately and so many bits throughout the movie i'm like this is a shot pure homage to christine mm-hmm. um but he's also oh, he's also made references to um, liking 80s movies um, David Gordon Green has in like Stephen King's type stories and I think you can pick up on that a lot it feels very Stephen King um, with the high school bullies yeah. with this, this kid getting picked on and then he Good becomes the, the predator be, the prey becomes the predator that kind of thing yeah. Um, yeah I mean not a whole lot of crazy trivia it's mostly a lot of stupid crap where it's like this thing from Halloween 3 influenced this thing in this car um so, yeah, so a lot of Halloween 3 stuff is, yeah. is bound to come up. Yeah. Um, have you seen Nightmare on Elm Street 2? That's also, I saw a lot of similarities. That one pretty much, I think Freddy's gone, but then somehow he possesses this kid. Oh gosh. He like okay. starts to take over the kid's body and he like slowly starts to become Freddy. And so really similar type of story. Um, and then of course similarities to Halloween 3. Similarities to Halloween 3, going as far as the font they chose, the, the color scheme for the title, and just that this is a completely different story. Um, very bold steps, I think. Okay, yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into the uh, uh, plot. Plot summary here. best as possible. We're going to be kind of probably jumping around at this point. Um, so, at this point, full spoilers. Ahead. Yep, spoiler so, alert. Go ahead and watch the movie. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, we're going to get into it. So. All right. And help me... So I'm, I'm just going off Wikipedia, like I said, and normally I'll have this all typed up and create our own summary, but if there's something you remember, pop in. So the movie starts on Halloween night of 2019, and we're introduced to the main character, Corey Cunningham, who uh, he's, I think he's a high schooler at the time. He gets hired to babysit this kid, Jeremy, for this rich couple, and right before the parents leave to go to this Halloween party, they tell Corey... Hey, just so you know, our kid's a little fucked up. He gets a little weird on Halloween, does some weird stuff. Not a big deal. Go to bed at 8, at 8.30. We're good. And instantly, like, just the camera position when she's saying this, they're, like, looking in a mirror, and which mirrors have been kind of a theme in the series from the past two movies. Yeah, and um, I think at some point in here, 
what I really liked was it's showing it through the kids' view, much like when Michael is wearing the mask in the original Halloween, if I'm correct. Did it? Aren't we seeing it, it from his view at some point? You're thinking of later. That's not here. That was Corey. <clears throat> They're doing that with Corey. I don't think that happened in the beginning. I thought it was a German, because he was wearing a mask in the beginning. I think you're thinking of later when Corey gets, pulls the knife. Okay. Yeah, because he, he has the mask on at that point. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so so then the parents leave. Jeremy and Corey are hanging out for a bit, and then suddenly the kid disappears and starts playing this prank on Corey and ends oh, up asshole. ends up locking him in the attic. And so Corey gets pissed. He's like, hey, banging on the door. Let me out. Let me out. And the kid's being a little shit. And I don't remember what he was. He was like taunting him, basically. He was saying Michael's going to come kill you. Oh, yeah. Michael Myers is going to come get you. He's going to get you. He's going to get you. Very eerie. And and the way it's shot, you're thinking like, oh, is Michael Myers in the house? Like, is this kid... in the attic. Is he tag-teaming? Is the little fucking stupid-ass kid tag-teaming with Michael Myers? Um, But so Corey's banging on the door. Eventually, he kicks the door. And this is (laughs) one of the most brutal things I've seen in a while. And... (laughs) Like they showed most of it too. Yeah, and, and this happens in the first 10 minutes of the movie. If you are not cool with child violence, I would not watch this movie because it opens up with this kid. So Corey kicks the door open, the door handle smacks the kid in the face, and he falls off the, the banister of the, the mezzanine area down like three stories, and you literally watch him like just crush his body like. And of course, his parents walk in at that moment yeah. and. So I, I really like this cold opening because the, the movie, the music kicks in at this point, the score, the classic Halloween score revamped for 2022. Um, the parents are crying and you see Corey and he's just like, oh, fuck, what did I do? And yeah. you, we all know it was an accident. We all know the audience recognizes he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. Um, really good a, opening. A reoccurring theme too of like accidents that shouldn't have gone further than they mm-hmm. did. And um the person responsible should be able to like explain their way out of it, but like, you which to have... me feels very Stephen King. Yeah. It makes me think of like Stand by Me, you know, just a lot of a lot of similar Stephen King themes. Yeah. Uh, it's insane how far this kid flies. Like, he should have probably fell down, maybe had a bloody nose or something. But because this is the supernatural, I'm sure. No, you know, he, if you fell from that high. You're well, I'm just thinking busted. of his, his kick force to be able to like oh. be enough to like send him flying. Yeah, I, yeah. So in the movie, that the sound sound design is really good. Like the thud of when the door hits. Like my theater was silent when it happened, and it was it was silent. And then as soon as we see the kid falling, every you can hear everybody have this communal gasp, like "Oh shit, they did that." <laughs> And I think it's really brave. It's a really good way to kick off the movie. You have no idea what the fuck's going to happen at this point. Like, what is this movie about? What's going on? Who's this guy? Um, Did you have any trouble remembering, um, like, what year we left off with Halloween and what year we, like, jumped to? uh, No, I mean, Lori says it pretty quickly. She's like, it's been four years. My boogeyman's gone and, and that kind of thing. Right. Um. So, yeah. So, after that, we time jump um to... 20 so the present time 2022 which is four years after halloween kills so if y'all remember what happened in halloween kills michael ends up killing Lori's daughter killing the whole mob of the town and then he vanishes and so we see um haddonfield's kind of just been a mess and people are like committing suicide people are dying it's just like super dark like basically the purge 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's funny in like the news articles and stuff and there's this radio host. He's like, oh, is Michael Myers responsible for killing all these people? Is he back? Is he gone? What's wow. going on? No one has seen Michael for four years. He's disappeared. He's being a good citizen. He's laying low. <laughs> so I did my part. I'm he, done. He I'm going to collect my uh, unemployment. <laughs> he feeds soup to the homeless. On the yep. <laughs> he's, he's done his time. I think he's reformed. Yeah, so at this point, um, Michael Myers hasn't been seen for forever. Um, Laurie Strode has... This this is one thing that bothered me. So she is now... If you guys remember in 2018, Laurie Strode was this like hermit person who just became super militarized and was obsessed with this idea of killing Michael and defending herself. Um, had like barbed wire fences, everything, security system, trained her daughter Karen to be as militarized as she was. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, she's repressed all that like she's she's like tried to put all that behind her and move forward and now she's like writing a memoir about her experience and how she escaped the boogeyman and um she's trying to be like a good grand grandmother she's living with allison her granddaughter and you see her with like almost like a glimpse of like hope and Mm -hmm. like hey maybe he's gone forever and to me that makes no fucking sense this is the thing that bugs me she would not be this way if her daughter was killed by Michael Myers. If she was so possessed with the idea of hunting Michael and killing Michael for 40 years, suddenly Michael returns, kills like 40, 30, 40 people, kills her daughter. She would not just be like, all right, I'm going to go to therapy and I'm well, going to move on now. And he's not even in like a psych ward anymore. He's anywhere he wants to be. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like she would be on like high, high risk. Like Yeah. This is where I think where the, the, the puzzle pieces are so fucked up, so jumbled that it makes no logical sense. They should have swapped this Lori, the like moved on, trying yeah. to be happy with 2018 Lori. Yep, and then the that tragedy would, happens and then she trains. Exactly. Then she becomes militarized. It just it this part is the only the biggest thing that bugs me about this movie is it just it makes no sense. This would not happen in real life. Yeah. A character who just lost their daughter who was almost killed, like, it would not happen this way, but... I feel like I did like, though, that they made the change because it kind of helped allow her to try something new or kind of get back to her roots of being silly and, like, a fun Jamie Lee Curtis. I was feeling a lot of Freaky Friday. Like, she was doing, like, these animated, like, craziness. Yeah, she was trying to be a good grandma and, like, try to be happy again. But it should have happened in 2018. Exactly. We should have seen it in 2018. Yeah. And because there's one thing I really like that we see in this movie is how the people who have been affected by Michael Myers um, or just by, by traumatic incidences are picked on are like pointed out by citizens in Haddonfield. Like we see it happen to Corey repeatedly. He, you know, because of him accidentally killing this kid, every t- everywhere he goes, people like badmouth him and they're like calling him a child murderer. And it's really sad. Like I really felt for his character. I was like, he, we clearly saw it as an accident, but of course you hear something on the news. You hear, oh, my neighbor, he just killed the next door kid's son. Like you're gonna jump to conclusions. Yeah. You're not gonna, you weren't there. All you know is a kid died because of another person. I feel like that's a realistic thing. Like people, especially in this type of small town, they would definitely do this. They would jump on and like really make this person's life suck. And so, yeah. And with the the time jump, when we're kind of going through the plot, um, when we first jump through the time, we see that he's now working at like this mechanic shop that I think his dad owns uh, within the junkyard. Yeah. Uh, we see that he's late. He's, you know, 
clearly fuck up kind of. Um, but Which is think... callback to um, to Christine. So in Christine, Arnie Cunningham, he gets a job at a mechanic shop, oh, wow. so he can fix up Christine. Um, so this. It's a remake of Christine. <laughs> huh. Yeah, and then his dad gives him a motorcycle, which is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like we're seeing a shift of like confidence throughout the movie. Like since then, like he's he's slowly been repairing himself or getting like his confidence back, and yep. so he gets like this new motorcycle. And then, but does that so does that happen after he meets Michael or before? Way before. Okay. Yeah. So he does <laughs> that, and then. At some point, he's going to get, like, chocolate milk or some bullshit. Um, and that's when he first gets picked on by these kids, mm-hmm. the Stand By Me kids. Um, <laughs> and I really loved this scene coming up because he, he gets the milk. He, I think he like, squeezes the bottle, like, hard enough to crush it, mm, which is crazy. Yeah. But then Lori, like, pulls out a pocket knife, and she's like, so you want to slash Oh, yeah. So, and I was like, what yeah, the so hell? Yeah, so this is a part where... And this is really interesting. I like that they did it this way to where... Lori knew who he was. Yeah. But they don't reveal that until later on. Like the way they're introduced to each other, like you could think, oh, maybe she's just trying to help someone out. Mm-hmm. But I could I could tell, like just from like Jamie Lee Curtis's acting, her body language, I could tell we're supposed to know. Mm-hmm. Like we can pick up on the fact that she knows who exactly who he is. Yeah. Um and I, I really like that she recognized that oh hey this guy has been through trauma like I have and she she doesn't yeah she doesn't jump to the conclusion oh he's a child killer at first she's like I just think he's he's gone through stuff I've gone through stuff so why don't you meet me meet my granddaughter who's also gone through stuff so she like is like the hitch and she sets up Corey and Allison and how do you feel about their romance their coupling could have been better I think okay. I think they fucked up as a whole though with Allison um, just. The conflict there of, like, her starting to not trust her grandma Mm -hmm. and then having to, like, go out and be sympathetic with this guy. I think there was just too much going on and they didn't click well. Okay. I I mean, I I do think that she she did a good job of, like, reaching out and really putting herself out there and, like, trying. Like, she was the more um, aggressive one with, like, seeking out Corey, uh, which was really cool. Yeah. So they, they... It was it was just interesting, I'd say. So I mean, how, so how do you feel about the the movie basically being a romance? Like most of this movie focuses around Allison and Corey having this this interesting dynamic relationship where they're they're like we're both two fucked up people. Let's yeah. be fucked up together and get the hell out of Haddonfield. That's like basically the core of the movie. Yeah. How do you feel about it? This last Halloween movie being like a love story. I think it was fresh. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think I liked it. Yeah. And that, that's what David Gordon Green, he, he just, he's talked about on interviews about these three movies. He's like, the first one, I just wanted to, you know, pay respect to the fans and the story and the characters. The second one is like, we're just having fun. We're just having a good time. This is where Michael gets to do his thing. And the third one, he's like, I wanted to make this as a romance story. Yeah. And but I think it's really where, interesting. I think we go back to it being better if we played it off over three movies. Yeah, we're feels introduced. Too fast. Yeah, so so that's one thing that does bug me about the Corey Allison relationship is like there are parts where it seems like they just met, but it seems like they've been dating for like months. Yeah, you know, and I think that's poor editing. Um, maybe there's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor. Probably, but due to the editing, it looks it feels to us as an audience like hey, they've been hanging out for two days. Why are they, like, in love with each other, like, obsessed with each other? Yeah. And in reality, they should have introduced, like, more time gaps. Um, 
But so, yeah, so uh, Corey and Allison start hanging out. They're both traumatized and fucked up from what's happened to them. Yeah, he gets his hand stitched up by this <laughs> shitty ass doctor who's total fuckboy. Yeah, real doctors, you know. It's... Are they all that smug? Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after, um, the same bullies that that were Jesus fucking with Corey, they find him again, and so he's on his way home. And he's like, I'm feeling good. I got a new girlfriend. <laughs> I'm about to go trade in this stupid-ass bike. Yep. And then he... These guys come and fuck with him and end up tossing him off the bridge. And after falling off the bridge, he, like... Does he... Michael drags him. So yeah. Michael's Michael's, Michael's been hiding him. in the sewers. He's been um, doing some utility work for the city, for Haddonfield, for a while, for four years. Um, yeah. Hiding in the sewers, um, eating rats and stuff. I mean, is he eating people, though? Because he... Yes, he's definitely eating people. So he's dragging him <laughs> in there to, like, eat him. Or like... Yeah. Um, so he <laughs> ends up dragging Corey into the sewers. And when Corey wakes up, he tries to escape. Then there's this really good shot, really good moment of Michael grabbing Corey by the throat. And they just, like, exchange glances. Mm-hmm. And I think it's at this point where there's... Um, so in the series, they haven't really discussed thoroughly if there's something supernatural about michael there's something supernatural about michael yeah, I like this really confirms it yeah it they they laurie's character stare from, uh, <laughs> yeah ghost rider exactly in in um in halloween kills there is a line where laurie says like oh the more he kills the more he transcends and i think that we're supposed to recognize we're supposed to take that as okay they're identifying michael supernatural i think that was shoddily done if you want us to to believe that he's supernatural and not just a man you need to make it more clear because I, there's so many back and forth in these three movies where it's like is he just a man is he yeah. supernatural but clearly by what happens at the end of kills he's supernatural um so him and him and cory exchange this glance and i think at this point is where there's this like transference of evil where kind of like christine uh, with the car and arnie as soon as arnie starts fixing the car they sh- there's like this connection where they are transferring evil mm. um which is a big mistake on his end because he's releasing a little bit too much of his power. Kind of <laughs> yeah. a little bit too much juice. Yeah, but not enough. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, How so do you yeah, feel about the dynamic of of Corey and Michael? Their their quote unquote relationship because it's 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 very interesting. It felt very brotherly. So yeah, yeah. Actually, that's wrestle. a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was fine. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we can sit here and say all day that they should have uh, built up to it and yeah. uh, done it more. But I think they played that off really well of like, mm-hmm. uh, especially Michael being a side character. He wasn't in it too much. Like the times that were there together, yeah. it's just enough to get a little bit of mentorship and he goes on his own. Yeah. So it, it's really interesting. So first, first, of course, Corey's terrified. He's like, oh my God, it's Michael Myers. And then I, I do really like in the script, they don't just flat out say it that evil has passed over to Corey. Yeah. We just start to see him behave a little differently. Um, just with little things like there's an altercation that uh, him and Allison are at a diner with, and then there's a police officer harassing them. And directly after the, the scene where he gets choked, he stabs the hobo to death. Mm. So, he, so yeah, he accidentally kill. kills. He does his first kill. Then you can tell he's like shocked. He, this, he's never done it before. He, he's still himself at this point, but it's starting to shift. Um, and then, yeah, there's little things throughout that, that kind of just increase that percentage of the like evil trans- trans- transference over and over. Um, but I, I think brotherly is the best way to describe the relationship yeah. because they do like 
Corey, there's a scene where Corey, he wants Michael Myers' mask. So he starts doing killings and he's like, he literally goes goes to the sewers and like he's starts wrestling and fighting Michael and he's like, I need something from you. And I, I really like that, that he's, he knows that he got something from Michael. It's like he got an STD from Michael. He's like, I need, I need the other STDs. Give me those. I do much prefer this over some other cheesy crap of like, if we would have seen the two of them like making a mask for Corey. Or, like, <laughs> like a montage. Yeah. He's like, dun, We're going to make dun, this. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this, this is still a little bit cheesy, but it was, um, I think it fit in it. I do like the filming aspect of it, how they kept it very out far. So we didn't close yeah. up on them. Yeah. It was just kind of a background. You got the mask. We're done. We're right. Out. And then of course there is a there's um I think it's just one scene maybe there's two where they like tag team together mm-hmm. where Corey goes to to hunt down you know, a nurse and it was really cool to see because Corey being a new killer he's never actually like intentionally killed someone at this point he goes and he tries to kill this this nurse and he he and he kills the doctor um, and then when he's trying to kill the nurse he like slips up he's like. She gets away. She gets the phone. Is about to call nine one one. So he's about to like it's over for him. But then Michael, he's like, all right, all right, little bro, I got yeah. you. Yeah. And he comes in and kills her. And I really, really like that scene. Like I loved seeing them work together. It was like, how well did you uh, see the background shot of him stabbing the doctor in the theater? Because for me on the screen, oh, I didn't was... see that. Oh wow. Okay, so it's a really dark uh, scene. Um, but if you look closely enough, like beyond uh, the nurse as she's like walking out, uh-huh. you can see him in the back, and he's just like, like stabbing. Wait, before they seat. fully show it? Yeah. Oh shit! I mean, you can like see him moving around in the background. So. Oh okay, I didn't know that. So um, yeah, one positive of going having this on Peacock now is when we get to go back and like look for these things. Yeah, and that's it's really just cool. So creepy uh, when they do finally reveal it, and he's like, not only is he stabbing the guy, but he has like a bag over his head too. Um, mm. right? Yeah, I think he's, so. He's like yeah. choking him and he's stabbing him. Um, this dude's got it pretty good. Yeah. Um, and okay, let's see where we're at in the plot. Um, so at this point, Lori starts to she sees this look in Corey's eye after he's he's got this evil transference from Michael, and she's like, "I recognize this look. This is the same look I saw when I saw Michael Myers for the first time." Yeah. And I really like this. I really like that she first started trying to support this guy. Like, oh, he's been through stuff. I've been through stuff. But then when she sees that he's, she just has this feeling of like, okay, something's different. Like this is not him anymore. And so we, we see a lot of this like kind of back and forth cat and mouse thing of Lori starting to like, she's like warning Allison, like, oh, I don't think, I know I set you guys up, but I don't think you guys should be together. Like there's something about him. He, I think he's evil. I think he's a killer. And she plays this almost like Loomis role, Dr. Mm. Loomis, where he's like, he's pure evil. (laughs) I shot him six times. (laughs) Uh, yeah, and she goes around a little bit too. I love the the reoccurring theme that the the parents of Jeremy they both just hang out at this bar, mm. so they haven't moved on or done anything. But yeah, she goes and asks them like what she thinks about Corey. And um, she talks to the dad. Yeah, and, and it shows us this flashback. I guess um, it was kind of a blink and you miss it, but there's at one point when he's like walking his bike. Uh, I think a car slows down to like look at him. Yeah, so the dad was he's like. The dad's saying, like, oh, I always believed Corey was an accident. Like, I thought, it, you know, I could tell he wasn't yeah. a killer. And then he says, there's the, the other day I drove by him and I was going to go say hi or something. And then he gave me this look. And I was like, he says, like, 
he was not the same person. Yeah, that, that, that Corey. Dead inside. Yeah, the Corey that was the babysitter is not there anymore. Yeah. And I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little too heavy on the exposition. <laughs> like, we could have put that together, but well, that's fine. And I think it's because they didn't show us enough in the original scene because we're jumping around. So you could have just swapped it, really. Like, mm. he sees him later that week and mm-hmm. done that whole thing. Um, but yeah, so a lot of that. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, though, was the the bullies. And this is kind of a um, back to, like, having a little bit of disbelief in these movies. But, like, one of my notes was, can you imagine being Corey's size and getting beat up by these high schoolers? Yeah. I would I, beat the shit out of all four of these it, kids. It was a mistake. I don't know why they were They should have been college kids. College, like, they should have all least. been college kids. It could have been his class. Or he should have been a high schooler. That might be a little bit too much. Because yeah. then you have this high school Michael Myers running around. That's a little bit too corny. Yeah, that's so true. Just make all the kids college students. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a little a little unbelievable that they were picking on... Like, I, I get it. Like, this is a small town, and everyone knows everyone. Like, everyone knows that what he did. And I like the, the, the idea behind yeah. this. Um, but that's where I think it's also very Stephen King-like, where it's like, oh, it's high school. There's always, like, younger people doing shit. Um, so then moving on in the story, um, Corey starts killing people, and we but see this... it's basically, this... like, a kill and then a date. A kill and yeah. then a date. Yeah, so it's like every single time he kills, he, like, gets erect or something. Oh, so for sure. him, him and Allison get together, and it's, it's yeah, there's there's this one really... I sent, I sent it to, to Lane, but let me show you really quick. Is it when they sleep together? <laughs> no. Wait. No, 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 no. It's, um... Oh god, and I'll I'll upload this when I edit this into. But so someone posted this on Reddit. Oh god. So I don't know if, how well you guys can see it, but it's Corey on his motorcycle with Michael Myers riding in the background. It says, Jesus. "Take my breath away," and it, it's really what it's like. Like after he kills, he just like becomes so like manly and powerful. And, yeah. And. Allison is just eating it up. She's like, oh, oh, this is fucking hot. Like, I'm loving this. This guy's fucked up like me. And he's suddenly really cool, which also very, very like Christine. This is exactly what happens in Christine. He gets a girl after he becomes cool and hard and edgy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he, then there's this great scene where Corey does kill all these high schoolers that have been picking on him in, in the junkyard. I think we, we should probably go back a little bit, though. So What do you mean before this, we we have the the date where they go um, to the DJ studio and he jumps off the roof like a crazy person, mm-hmm. and then and shoots right up like Michael does. I think don't they have sex before he kills the high schoolers? See, I don't, that I don't remember. Okay, so he they hook up at some point and they go home, and this is one of my favorite scenes because it felt very classic. Um, basically, I think it's after he kills someone because he feels bad about something, and they. They go back to Allison's house, and she's leading him upstairs, and Lori's Lori's outside outside looking through the window, Mm -hmm. and then Michael is over in the trees looking at her. Yeah. So it's like this classic feeling of, like, two stalkers, like, he's watching over her, she's watching over them. Yeah. She's a homie, though, because she's letting it all happen, and she's like, I'm going to be two hours. But (laughs) you got six minutes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so Lori is, you know, at this point in the movie, there's this antagonism between Lori and Corey. Mm-hmm. Like, they've already confronted each other. She's like, stay the fuck away from my granddaughter. I don't know what's happened to you, but something Michael has infested his evil into you. She knows what's going on, and he's like, no, you're not going to 
take Allison away from me. And this is where I also feel like it feels like the relationship should have been like six months down the road or a year down the yeah. road. He just, they're just too obsessed with each other, you know? Um, and let's see what happens after that. So he kills all the kids at the junkyard. So let's, let's talk about the kills at the junkyard, though, because there's some good kills. There's some decent ones. Um, yeah. yeah, so Corey ends up killing four of the high schoolers. So he he kills one immediately. He, like, stalks up behind them. He kills the kid in the car with his, like, um, drumstick or something. Oh, yeah, Drum, drumstick through the eye, which is fine. Yeah. It's not super imaginative. It's whatever. So then the two dumb girls are running away. and the He runs stops. over one in the gate. Yeah. That, dude, one she, got she got it. She got it bad. Got yeah. Um, She's stuck in this gate in this fence, just, like, terrifying. covered with barbed wire, watching her other friends die. Yeah, so then he kills the other chick. Well, with a wrench. Stuck, yeah. And then Homeboy comes out with his dad with a rifle. <laughs> yeah. And this is so shitty. Um, and dumb of the dad. He basically is like with Corey. <clears throat> and then he stands up at the last minute as the other kid is shooting and gets shot. Yeah. So, so at this point, Corey, he took the. I, I don't know if he hadn't been wearing the Michael Myers mask yet or he took it off, but he, we can see him standing in the background holding the mask. It's a really good shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Corey's dad is there at the junkyard and he stands up at the same time that one of the high schoolers tries to shoot Corey. And so he gets shot in the head and dies. And then how and then does. Right after this, well, he. How does he kill the last high schooler? I don't remember. I don't know if he runs out of bullets or. He does something crazy to him. Oh, does he squeeze his eyes out? Is that one? I don't even remember. Maybe or maybe Michael comes up. I don't know. It wasn't it's clearly it wasn't that memorable the way he kills the last guy. But then he curb stomps the girl in the fence, and I feel like every Halloween timeline has to have a curb stomp, yeah. like every single one. And then uh, I think shortly after this, he kills his mom. Oh yeah, then he goes and he kills his mom, which. I don't think we really need to get into that. It's, we we've just seen how shitty of a relationship he has with his mom. She I was, was like for her to die. Like super. Oh yeah. Well, I knew she was dead. Yeah. She's super possessive and really gross. And there's this weird Oedipus complex where they like kiss on the lips. Yeah. It, she probably touched him when he was young. Um. Yeah. So then, so we kill all the kids. Then, I think like now we we kind of get to the point where. Allison, so Allison and Corey have been talking about running away from Haddonfield for a while. Um, and so I think this is the night where they're actually going to leave. Of course, it happens on Halloween night. Yeah, because we do a jump. <laughs> I think at some point, like, maybe we're in the month of October, but then there's, like, a clear, like, on-screen jump to the 31st. I think, well, I think everything takes place over a couple of days. It's, like, okay. two days or something. But now it's the 31st, and then Corey's like, hey... Your grandma's trying to kill me. Like, she she really has it out for me. We gotta go. Like, I wanna leave tonight. Mm-hmm. And so, Allison, she goes home and starts packing. And she has this confrontation with Lori. Basically, she's calling Lori out on her shit. She's like, hey, you've pretended like you've moved on from everything that's happened. Like, you're not this militarized, you know, depressed and anxious person anymore. You act like it. You're putting on a show, but that's not true. Underneath, you are still this fucked up person that won't let this go. And I, I like this scene. I feel like this was Allison's like standout moment to like give this monologue. Well, clearly because it drove Lori to suicide immediately. Yeah, yeah. So, but but it didn't. It didn't though. It didn't. Yeah. So so Allison packs her bags and leaves. She slams the door in Lori's face, and they have this rift. And she's on her way to go meet Corey, and instead Corey comes to look for for Lori to kill Lori, and Lori's in her office, and she's. 
giving us the audience an impression that she's going to commit suicide, which in the, at the moment I thought it was I, genuine. I thought it was about to happen. I'm yeah, like, it was like it was. You felt so bad for her, like the way she's been treated this whole movie. You feel really bad for her. She's um, been defeated. Yeah, um, and tell me, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, were you able to predict this whole thing happening? Because I think about, the last sequence. No, kind of like right where we're at. Of I basically predicted that it would be him that shows up. I knew it wasn't gonna be Michael because he hasn't been in this whole fucking movie. Yeah. But I knew he was gonna show up. They would fight. She would kill him, mm-hmm. and then Michael would get the mask back, and then there would be another fight. Um, I I didn't know exactly how it was gonna go. I I definitely thought Corey was gonna make it. Spoiler: He doesn't. I thought he was going to survive and be, like, the, the next shape out there. Um, would have been kind of smarter if they wanted to set something else up, but I... I think they'll find a way. Yeah. They'll find a way. Oh, God. Michael just twisted his neck back into position. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so so Lori's... She she calls the police, says, hey, I'd like to report a suicide, and then she holds a gun up to her neck and acts like she's going to kill herself. And at that moment... Um, Corey dressed as Michael Myers now with the mask busts in and she shoots him knocks him down the stairs and she's like you really think I was going to kill myself you fucking idiot and this this scene shocked me like she's confronting him like oh I'm does she say something like I'm not going to kill you or like she like puts the gun away like or it's out of bullets something to that and then he's he goes like oh if I can't have Allison no one can and he kills himself or stabs stabs himself in the the neck And should be a kill. I, I was shocked, though, when that happened. I was like, I did not expect that. That yeah. was insane. Um, but then this is, again, the second of these annoying um, kind of mistakes mm. uh, where, like, then Allison basically comes She in walks right in. Yeah. like, you really stabbed him? Like, yeah. no, you should be able to see clearly he, he has the mask. Yeah. But I, I, could, I could understand, though, how, like, after you just had this blowout about this person where, you know, Lori was like, he's evil, like, stay away from him. Mm-hmm. She comes back and sees him dead. And her, uh, she was holding the knife, too. She, like, pulled the knife out, right? Yeah. Um, like, I felt, I bought this. I bought this. Like, I was really surprised by what happened. I bought the interaction between Allison and Lori. But I think she's on her side because I think at some point, <clears throat> as she's, like, going away, maybe she talks to like a sheriff or she's yeah so what happens later is so allison she storms off she's like she's leaving she's like i can't believe you did that i'm gone fuck you (laughs) Lori's just sitting there she's in the house and then all of a sudden she hears a sound Mm -hmm. and turns out michael's come out to play yeah um and then michael and Lori have this interaction they start fighting and it's really really cool scene like everything we've seen in the trailers plus more really good fight scene um I'd say they're on pretty even ground because Michael's pretty like weakened at this point. He's transferred some of his powers to Corey. Yeah. He um he's old and he's been beaten and cut and everything. And Allison's on her way out of town, and then she gets a call from the sheriff from Sheriff Hawkins, and she he's like, "Hey, I just got a call from Lori saying she like there's a suicide. Where is she?" Yeah. So Allison runs back to the house. Um, she comes in at the last minute, mm-hmm. seeing Lori had this badass thing and like beating the shit out of Michael. She's she's smart this time around and like pins him down with his, uh, she knives his hand into the table, both hands, starts like just fucking decimating him, like destroying him. This is where it gets a little bit crazy too because first she, she stabs him in the heart mm-hmm. and then 
she cuts his throat. <laughs> yeah, slices his throat. He's and pinned down like Jesus at this point. She cuts his like wrist artery. Yeah, and then yeah, she Allison comes in and she sees what's happening, and then she actually saves Lori in the last moment. Right, because he still has enough strength to choke, <laughs> to choke Lori out, and she's like, "Do it, kill me, yeah. or something." Which I I actually thought they were gonna go forward with that too. Yeah, what a good ending to kill both of them. I I. Time. I, I knew they weren't going to do it. Like, this is a movie, this movie trilogy, They've it's all been about trauma and recovery from trauma and how to process trauma. And I just, I knew they weren't going to kill her because it would defeat the message. Like, the point is to be able to move past your demons and move forward. Um, I'll be, even though I recognize that's what they were, the message they were trying to send, it was done really shoddily because of the positioning of the story. It all comes back down to that. Just reposition the story. It would have been better. But... Um, they, I knew they weren't going to kill Lori. I knew she was going to get a happy-ish ending. Hmm. Um, so then, yeah, they slice Michael's wrist. There's blood everywhere. God. And then this part cracks me the fuck up. This last sequence. There's basically a funeral procession for Michael Myers. Allison's like, oh, he's not dead enough. So the mob comes after this fight. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. it's like, it's a motorcade when the president comes to town. And there's like, you know, a line of like a hundred cars following the president's like car. Yeah. Everyone in the town shows up and they're like, oh, we got to watch Michael Myers be finally killed. Including the black sheriff that we totally That have done, him. has done nothing we for all the movies. Up sheriff Barker, he has a name, Sheriff Barker. He wears a cowboy hat. He does nothing in this entire movie. movie. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was going to come back with the National Guard. He was going to be, he's going to fight Michael like anything. He's going to pull a Busta Rhymes and karate chop Michael Myers. Nothing. Um, he just he gives the go ahead, and yeah. so my buddy that I went and saw this with Micah, he was like, I like how the 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 only like black character in the movie gave the okay for the lynching at the end by the mob. <laughs> it's like that's true. It's okay, we can do it this one. <laughs> yeah, this this one time, that's it. Um, so it's just so funny. They literally strap Michael down to Allison's car like a Christmas tree. Jeez. They strap him down. They drive to the junkyard where there's this. We've heavily foreshadowed this metal scrapper. Yeah. Um, they showed it full frame multiple times throughout the movie. I knew that's where Michael was going to go, just from, from the first time we saw it. Um, so the, the entire town shows up to this junkyard, and they watch Lori lift the body into the, the scrapper, and they, she kicks him in. And we see, very finally, Michael Myers is not coming back. Yeah. He gets, this is where I was, I was sending my last Hail Mary prayer that she was going to jump in uh-huh. with him. Or maybe they would it, the way it was the positioned, it looked it. like she was going to get into. I was like, yeah. "What's going on here?" Um, and how do you feel about the uh, the dummy or the doll or whatever crap that they used? Oh, it uh, looked awful. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I did. I honestly, I didn't like the meat grinder ending to Michael. I thought they should have just cut his head off. Yeah, that could like, be good. it would have been a good callback to Halloween H two O when she axes the guy's head off. Although this time it would be Michael. Or I feel like in the the era of spinoffs and you know combos, this is where we need to bring Michael and drown him in Crystal Lake. <laughs> and then somehow Freddy appears in the background too, or he's like in his dreams. Yeah. I, it was all a dream. I did really think when Freddy vs Jason came out, I was like, when's Michael coming in? Was yeah. was my boy? But I think it's a rights issue. They just never did it. I'm fucking right. stupid. Um, and then, yeah, so that's basically wraps up the story. It ends with a happy ending. Lori, um, we, we have a narration by Lori finishing her, her memoir and then her and Frank, um, they have kind of a happy exchange of like, 
it leaves it ambiguous. Like, oh, maybe they'll run away together. They'll finally leave Haddonfield and mm-hmm. go, or they'll die in the senior center together. And then, yeah. Uh, Alzheimer's so, and stuff. What do you think moving forward? What's your predictions? What are we doing for either sequels or soft reboots? I think, I think it's going to be a complete reboot five, ten years from now. Oh, maybe five years from now. Um, they're just going to do a completely new story. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know. I, I liked the original idea with the anthology aspect of Halloween where they planned for every year it'd be a different story. Yeah, if they did, um, right. Somehow there'd be weird little Easter eggs and ties. So in Halloween 3, you see the kids are watching um, Halloween, the original Halloween, on TV. That's the only Michael Myers you see in the movie. Wow. I, I like that. I like that kind of Easter egg-y type stuff. Um, but yeah, I, as a huge fan of the series, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, we know that this story's over. There's no more Laurie Strode. God. No more Michael Myers. Basically, you have to either wait for Jamie Lee Curtis to die at this point, or um, you cannot bring her back again. She's, she said she's not coming back, although money may say otherwise. God. She's in she her be, 70s, right? She, yeah, she may be 95 and like, I'll do it one more time. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the stunt double who was performing as Michael, he accidentally squeezed her neck a little too hard. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is dead. <laughs> yep, sorry guys. No, she's a, I, I like her a lot. She's, you can tell how much she loves this character. Every time she's in an interview talking about this movie and how much input she's gotten, she like, starts crying because like, this character means so much to her. It literally created her entire career. Yeah. Um, and I think she was executive producer on these movies um david gordon green would like come to her with ideas and like hey help me figure out how would laurie act in this situation that kind of thing and she just has so much love for the character and i really do appreciate her for that um so whatever comes next i don't think it's going to be laurie strode related i think i I think it's going to be for crossovers i think that's the era that we're in fingers crossed i mean texas chainsaw is a doozy right now friday the 13th has been in development hell for forever Friday the 13th, they keep making these weird-ass sequels that no one cares about. No, there hasn't been one since um, 2008. Oh, really? Yeah, the one with Jared Padalecki, Sam Winchester. Nice. There hasn't been one since then because it's been in development hell. I think it's a rights thing, like people are losing uh, their rights or something. It's always a rights battle. Do people not want to make money at this point? Like, <laughs> no, that's the thing. Of? People want to make money, so people, everyone's trying to get in on it. Oh. Um, but I'd like to see it. Okay. Um... All right, any, anything else you want to say about the movie as a whole before we get into scoring and such? Um, let's kind of get into our favorites as far as... Oh, okay. So favorite kill. Favorite kill, worst kill. Um, um, then also, one thing I wanted to touch on just as far as the movie is Corey Cunningham, um, whatever his real name is. I thought they did an excellent job of making this guy look huge and like... Mm, yeah, there are a couple <clears throat> couple angles, camera angles they and shots. Because yeah. I looked it up as I was watching the movie. I was like, how fucking tall is this guy? He's like 5'7", like 5'5". Five five five, five. <laughs> yeah. He's really short. But they make him look almost 6 foot. Like, he's probably wearing boots too. Yeah. Um, he's He's got a little bit of muscle and like the, the uniform that they put him in. They made mm-hmm. him like... He was very close to being like the shape when he was wearing yeah. the mask. And I yeah. thought they did an excellent job there. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. props there. Um, gosh. Favorite kill? My my immediate one was Jeremy, obviously. <laughs> yes. Uh, right after I watched the, or while I was watching the movie, I think. I was a Brandon bit texted me and he was like, fuck Jeremy, like, best kill. <laughs> I was a little bit worried though because I didn't think about um, trailers and I was like, shit, did I just spoil this for you? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I had, I had just finished watching that scene. Oh so, my God. So, so it was good timing. <laughs> um, 
I'm trying to think of any other kill that. For me, it was the the DJ guy. Oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about the DJ. It, well, he's he's not even like important to the story. Like I I feel like he got too much screen time, but I liked his death. Yeah, he's basically just egging on the whole town. Yeah, um, but it was pretty gruesome. They. He cuts his tongue off and like leaves it on the reporter. He could have lived other than like the brain trauma. And, like, yeah, no, he's done. He's so so. Corey bashes his head. That's yeah, true. Um, Corey bashes this guy's face into the record player, and then he goes and cuts off his tongue because he's been trash talking and like stirring up. He's a mud stirrer throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, so I I like that. Yeah, so that was a good kill. Um, I can't think of that's they, none of them were really memorable. That's my problem with this movie is like there's there's a decent amount of kills. It's nothing like Halloween kills, but none of them really stood out. They're all just kinda like, okay, I'm gonna stab you, hey, I'll stab your throat. Like I think for classic sakes, my favorite would be the it's gotta be the nurse, right? Where Michael Stabbed onto the wall. Yeah, and he leaves her there hanging. That's yeah, but if we've cool. seen that if you're a fan of the franchise, we've seen that in every other movie. That's the thing. Like I like I get the callback. The only thing I, I like that was done differently is how terrifying we see Michael as in that moment. Like, the way he, like, picks her up by the throat. Yeah. And, like, you, they, the camera clearly shows the size difference between the two. And it was, yeah, the, the way it was shot was really well done in a way that we haven't seen yet that made it more terrifying. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, do something more creative. We've seen this before, you know? I mean, they got all their creative kills out in Halloween Kills. Yeah. So... Um, uh, worst kill. Gosh. Who was the bully number four that we don't know? <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't know how he died. Homeless man. Who's there was a person that literally was just like stabbed. Who who was it? Was it the cop? Yeah. Uh, how did he die? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So so the cop. The so by... no no in the sewers, Corey was grabbed. This is a, their first tag team. Corey like grabbed the cop from behind and then Michael's stabbing him over and over. And, like right. I thought that was pretty boring. I like the tag team aspect, but like do something cooler than just stabbing him. Yeah. So, um, basically any one of those, the the mundane ones that we just kinda yeah. over. Um okay, so then let's see, best kill, worst kill, any other Should we so I wanna do um, out of the trilogy, where do we think this one fits? Or and then as a series, where do you think this one fits? Should we do our our final score first, like how we rate the movie before yeah. doing that? Yeah, okay. and then we'll, we'll rank the series. So the where would you? What would you rate Halloween Ends? I really wish I could pull out the rating for the other movies too, but my immediate reaction after finishing the movie was, I think an eight out of ten. Okay. Um, I love this one. I like I said, it's a refreshing new story. Mm -hmm. Lots of it we could pick on, but. I think just taking that chance to introduce Corey really helped me mm -hmm. enjoy the movie. So, yeah. Okay, eight out of ten. Yeah, probably zero out of ten for comedy sake. Um, <laughs> horror wise, it's not scary. No, not at all. Like you said, it's a rom com almost. Yeah. Without the com, it's a romance. <laughs> it's just it's just a romance. <laughs> um, but yeah, so overall, like eight out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I. This one's really hard for me to rate. Like with Halloween Kills, I fucking love that movie. That's yeah. like a ten out of ten for me. I think so. I loved it from the first thing, I first moment I watched it. This one, it's so different. Like, I I think I like if I were to look at this movie on its own outside of the Halloween franchise, I think mm -hmm. it'd be a really good movie. Okay. Like eight eight nine out of ten, good. 
I just feel like as far as trilogy sakes though like with yeah with trying to wrap up this Laurie and Michael story with introducing this new character of Corey like they're just trying to do too much mm-hmm. and so it, it to me it feels like the Star Wars sequels like there's no clear vision across the three movies David Gordon Green he'll he'll probably defend to the day he dies that he'll say oh yeah we had an idea of what story we wanted sure. to do I don't think you did no I think especially like COVID kind of fucks stuff up and delays and stuff like I, I just I feel like maybe they should have compressed these three movies into two mm. and it would have been a better story and just have someone else like how did no one in the writing room think it doesn't really make sense that Laurie would be this way after this happened yeah. like things just the story that chronologically just doesn't mesh you know um, but I, I do like it as a standalone thing I really like um, the Corey character who's very sympathetic and you watch his descent into evil um, I liked Allison's character. I think her a lot of her responses were pretty realistic. Like someone who's been through trauma, like she's not going to have positive behaviors. Like she's going to make some dumb decisions. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I also I'm having you know I love Halloween three. I love the anthology style story. I love that they did something different. I really really appreciate the risk they took, and they knew it was a risk. Like yeah. if you watch interviews with David Gordon Green, he's like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how fans are going to feel about it because we're taking some big leaps here, big taking big steps. Um, and I really appreciate that. I enjoy the risk that they took and they knew that this was not going to be a Michael Myers movie. I just feel like marketing-wise, it should have been different. Like, they shouldn't market it as a Michael Myers versus Laurie movie because that's what people are going to expect. And I know people get upset over that. I personally don't. I, I enjoy when I go in with expectations and it just everything's subverted like everything is not what i expect um so in in the grand scheme of all the halloween movies i'd, I'd rank this pretty high probably like a seven or eight right around there yeah, and then as a fair. as a standalone movie probably like eight to nine right around there i, yeah. I did it did really enjoy it. it doesn't have the stupid dialogue from halloween 2018 my biggest gripe with that movie is so the, the dialogue is so stupid so dumb um, but it also doesn't match the highs of Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills is just so fucking fun. Yeah. It's three very different movies. Yeah. That's where I think... Which is kind of cool. But at the same time, why would you bring in different writers for each movie? Like, if you want to have a consistent... Like, like the themes are mostly consistent. We didn't really touch too much on, like, some of the, the grand themes outside of trauma. Like... One thing that they completely drop from Halloween Kills is, oh, Michael Myers is just trying to go home and look in his reflection. Oh, yeah. Where did that go? Like, he already, he already did it. Yeah, it's, a, it's done. He's done. He figured it out. There, there was the one scene when, when Laurie's like killing Michael where she shows him his reflection in the knife, but it was like just a glance, like a quick yeah. moment, and you would, if you blink, you missed it. If that's supposed to be one of the big themes of the second movie, why is it gone in the third? Um, and then Hawkins kind of gets sidelined in this oh, one yeah. when he was one of the main characters in, in Halloween Kills. So I have some gripes with it, but overall, I feel like it's a better resolution than, say, The Rise of Skywalker, because that's a piece of flaming shit. Um, yeah, come fight me. Yeah, I'd say that's that's where it'd go for me. Oh, I guess rating-wise, it'd be pumpkins or knives, not... Oh shit, so eight pumpkins out of uh, ten. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll, I'll go with eight pumpkins. Alright. So, uh, yeah, that's been, uh, anything else you want to add? 
No, I think uh, that's pretty much it. Um, so our thoughts for Halloween ends. Yeah. Like, love to hear whatever you guys think. Um, I feel like we're going to have unpopular opinions. A lot of people are not liking this movie. Yeah, but with every single movie, we're seeing a lot of like the audience scores being higher. So people This are... one's not much higher, though. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty low. If you actually look at some of the reviews, though, mm -hmm. some people are happy with it. Like, yeah. They, they like... For the same reasons we did, because yeah. it, they took a chance and did something different with the Halloween franchise. And I have read a lot of, like, like on Reddit and just, like, um, reviews on, like, Rotten Tomatoes. People are like, why is this a Halloween movie when Michael Myers isn't in it? And to me, I like that. That's why I liked Halloween 3. It's not about Michael Myers. And they, they took a risk with that, and it got panned by critics... I feel like this movie, ten years down the road, fifteen years down the road, is going to be classic. it's going to be a cult classic. People are going to appreciate it a lot, a lot more. And then we, at that point, will be like, "Fucking told you so." <laughs> I told you. Um, we kind of talked about it before recording, but there's some big uh, horror movies coming up in the year of 2023, sort of end of 2022. We're kind of past it now. Yeah. Um, any that you're excited for? Um, so I we still haven't seen Smile yet. Smile's been getting this is a surprise hit. I thought it was gonna be sh like shit critic scores, like. Yeah. But the trailer actually would intrigue me, like it scared me, um, and I, I'm glad to hear that 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 movie's doing really well. So we're definitely gonna go see that at some point. Um, we both watched Barbarians. Um, we'll probably get a re review of that one in yeah, sometime should. soon. Um, it is coming out on um, streaming services soon, so maybe as soon as it comes out, we can nice. hit that. Um, I can't wait for a violent night story. <laughs> Starring uh, David Harbour. Yeah, I don't know. It like it looks like dumb fun. We reviewed Krampus, right? Yeah. So we gotta do Violent Night. Yeah, I I'd be down to do that one. I feel like tis the season. We gotta do it. I can't remember if it said it was um, the same director or if it's just inspired like I think pseudo Krampus. No, no, no. It's like John Wick. I think it's isn't it like David Leitch? David Leitch. I want to say. Maybe. Violent Night, or maybe it's he's producer. But basically, these rich people get held captive, and they're um, hostage so that the people can get money from them, and then Santa Claus is, like, delivering that night, and he has to come save them. And it's very John Wick. It's like John Wick meets Santa Claus. Yeah. Oh, maybe David Leach isn't on it. I, I swear it was... Hmm, maybe I'm tripping. But, yeah, it looks like a fun, dumb movie. Yeah. I'm down to watch it. Um, There's that M. Night Shyamalan movie, um, The Knock at the Cabin. I'm excited for that. I, I, twist. I like seeing Dave Bautista in more serious roles. I think he's a really good actor. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see that one. Where he's like this big, like nerdy, sweaty looking guy. He's like, oh, we have to save you from the apocalypse. Uh, and I make fun, but I'm actually a huge M. Night Shyamalan fan. I liked uh, Old. That was a good one. I haven't seen that. I probably won't. It looks like shit. <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty much it. Um, leave it. Give us a like, review, all that good stuff. Um, we'll probably... I don't know if we're going to come up with a uh, couple Supernatural episodes or... Maybe at some point we'll get back to Supernatural. <laughs> we'll do a Star Wars film. Is this what we're hinting at? But, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Um... Give us a, a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. Um, yeah. Check down below. You should see our socials yeah. down there. Twitter. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. What? We don't do Twitter. Oh, yeah. Every now and then we use Twitter. Uh, Instagram is where we do a lot of our stuff. And then uh, YouTube. We still got a lot of pretty good follow count on Twitter, on uh, YouTube. 
and our most popular video still blade and the, the views keep racking up we're almost at a million <laughs> i don't know why but uh yeah give us a give us a comment shoot us a like something and um we appreciate you guys we also have oh damn they're in my car but i guess i'll show on my phone we have these stickers if anyone's interested we have our scary sci-fi slut stickers um if you guys want one I will ship it to you. You just pay the shipping. I'll send it to you for free. Just, you know, rep our brand. For free? <laughs> Don't tell the finance department. <laughs> Don't tell the CFO. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, right now, we'll if we get a bigger following, we'll charge for them eventually. But, like, me and Brandon have a couple mugs with our logo. Um, we just want to get the word out right now. And then at some point, we'll make maybe a T-shirt, sweatshirts, uh, condoms, like, all these different things that you can yeah. And I can't say this enough. Really, please comment down below what you want us to do next. Eventually, I've seen other platforms where you have to like pay to get a paid episode of like a requested movie or something. But we've got plenty of time right now, so if there's something. Speak you want for to yourself. Do, I work full time, bro. <laughs> well, as far as like we're not doing any kind of like series or anything. <laughs> yeah. So we're pretty open to suggestion. Um, yep. As long as it's in the realm of some type of horror, sci-fi, we'll do it. For the most part. But basically, that's All right. it. So.